the Application Security Podcast. Here we go. Hey folks, on this week's episode of the Application Security Podcast, Robert and Chris speak with Adita at AppSec USA. They talk to him about IoT and the many facets, including pen testing, training, and mobile application security. As always, thanks for listening and enjoy. Hello friends, we're here at uh, AppSec USA, Chris and I, this week, and today we are going to be talking with Adita, if yeah. I said it correctly, and uh, he is... Uh, he actually did a uh, an IoT exploitation uh, class, or how to how to break IoT uh, earlier this week. And so, welcome. Uh, introduce yourself, if you would, yeah. and, and let us know of your origin story in security. Mm-hmm. How did you get into this? Yep, sure. Uh, so, I started in security back in my university days. So, I was interested in a lot of research in mobile application security, and that that is pretty much where I actually started off in security. And then I went ahead and like worked for a company called Predif. So there I got to learn like how corporates actually work, what is the entire SDLC cycle looks like, how to work with developers in order to fix security issues. And that actually led me starting my own company. And there we focus on like IoT pen testing, IoT training, mobile application security and all of that. So it's been like close to five, six years since we have been running the company. And yeah, so now we are focusing on all IoT, which is uh, the talk of the town these days. Yeah. So pretty much everyone is talking about how insecure these devices are and all the ridiculous issues with them. Right, absolutely. So tell us what, you know, everybody has their own definition, but IoT, what is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you, how do you, when you describe it to somebody, well, what's that IoT stuff? I hear about it. What, what do you tell people typically? So IoT or the Internet of Things is pretty much any device which can interact with the physical world around it, maybe for data collection purposes or for controlling its physical surroundings, those kind of purposes. So uh, for a real world example, let's say you have a light bulb at your home and you want to control it with your smartphone. So that is a really good example of how IoT is playing a major role in our day-to-day lives. So, yeah. Okay, very good. And so in this conference, you spoke about or you, you led a class on, on breaking IoT or how mm-hmm. can you uh, do some security with IoT. Uh, so there are some developers who are uh, you know, putting some things together for IoT, right? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're building some applications that run on these devices that connect out through the internet or other means uh, to other things. Uh, so tell us some, some of the things that are happening with developers you know, working in IoT. Are there uh, yeah, some things that you might have seen in, in terms of things they're doing now? Yeah, so funny enough, like developers are making the same mistakes which they used to do like back in 2001, 2002 in web applications and in the early days of mobile applications. So it's pretty much the same uh, mistakes like hard-coded issues like hardcoded credentials, uh, leaking API keys, not encryption enabled and all of that. So the same mistakes which they used to make in the early days, that is coming back all over again in the IoT world. And that is really causing a serious problem because with IoT it can go like much, much critical. So you can have like an insulin pump or a heart rate monitor and if those things are not secured, you can you even have the potential to kill a person. Sure. So, so why do you think that's happening? Is it is it just yeah. because it's so new and, and people are just they having oh 
I'll deal with that later. I mean, what, what do you think? So one of the problems with IoT and the developers actually working on it is because IoT is like such a vast topic to like work on. So you've got like different things, hardware, embedded devices, radio communication, mobile app, web dashboard, all of that. So not a single developer can actually focus on all of those particular areas, right? So you have different team, different teams working on different things. And if they don't coordinate properly, you'll end up having issues maybe between the communication of two components, like the radio communication might not be secured in the way like the mobile application communicates with the device. So uh, I, I think overall it's a lack of awareness issue. So developers don't actually know how to secure it. And also because they don't have enough resources where they can look for like, how do I, how do I actually secure this particular device? What all things do I have to look for? So maybe I have taken care of encryption of the firmware, but is my hardware actually secure? Mm-hmm. So yeah, seems like there might be there might be an architecture problem mm-hmm. here. And so you're describing kind of developers that are in a segmented environment where the the problem is so big that they're dealing with separate pieces of the problem themselves without the bigger picture. And so I mean, do you think that's part of the challenge here? Is that there's just not like in the enterprise, we have a whole group called architects, right. and all they do is look at, okay, we're going to do all these 75 things, and when they all come together, mm-hmm. here's how we're going to ensure it's secure. Do you see that in IoT? Yes, so that's uh, also one of the biggest issues in IoT. So if threat modeling and the in- initial uh, planning is done correctly, that can actually help reduce a lot of security issues. But yeah, I haven't seen it implemented very well in like most of the companies I've worked with. Yeah, I haven't, so, I haven't yeah. either. I've, I've wondered the same, that uh, there seems like a lack of that understanding of architecture, threat modeling, as you mentioned, secure design. Uh, those are just starting to, some people talking about it, but I see more issues. And in fact, that was another thing I was going to, uh, thinking about here is what are some other issues that you're seeing? Uh, I know you mentioned the, the pacemaker mm-hmm. uh, that was recent where there was an yeah. authentication issue yeah. where yeah, anybody could get in. Right. What are some other issues that you've seen? So uh, so the issues have been in pretty much like all the different components. So I have seen a lot of issues in the radio-based attacks, like uh, yeah, a lot of medical devices, a lot of smartphone devices. So they have radio-based attacks as simple as you can capture the radio packets and you can replay them back and be able to control the particular device. And then you have things like the hardware is not properly protected. So if you just open up the device, you can actually dump the firmware from it and then have a look at the entire secrets. Um, the, the usual response that I've seen from developers and even like the team leads and the VP of engineering and all of that is who is actually going to come after my particular hardware or who is going to attack uh, maybe the Zigbee protocol that I'm using. It's yeah. so new. It is secure by default, which it is not. And um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So in terms of, we already talked about architecture, what are some other things that developers can do that you can think of that, that can you know, make this more secure other than just some, some basic practices, but are some specific things they can think about? Yep. So one of the things they can actually do is uh, OASP also has like an embedded security guide. So they can actually follow that while building embedded devices. And for the other devices, it's more about work, like, like we discussed earlier, the teams working together and in sync with all the different possible issues that there could be. So making sure that the radio communication, if you're implementing that, that is secure by yourself. So don't rely on, let's say, Zigbee is securing my entire communication, which it won't unless you ask it to do. Or make sure that your hardware is actually properly protected. There are uh, physical protections in it rather than just having the serial communication interfaces or JTAG interfaces left wide open. Okay. So, yeah. 
So things like, for example, you mentioned Zigbee. I, I was mm -hmm. looking at that recently. And so there are some things. I know Zigbee is supposed to be one of the more secure ways of communication, but is is um, how, how would developers typically find those things out? I mean, are they looking for those things? How would they know that they need to do some extra steps beyond? I mean, is there... Some... Yeah, yeah, so that is also like one of the biggest problems because if you start looking into... So one of the things with IoT is it's so much fragmented. Like everyone is coming up with their own standards, their yeah. own protocols. So you don't have like a really big security group working on a particular uh, technology. And if you want to look for like, how do I secure this particular protocol that I'm using? So you have to dig deep into the documentation, right. figure out what are the different security features that they allow you to do. And also making sure that it works well with your devices because in IoT devices or even in general embedded devices, you have very, very low resource. So with low resource, you can only do a certain amount of things. You can't implement like really good encryption as such. Mm. So you have to figure out like the, what's the best balance between the security and the usability of the product. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so we talked about some design. We talked about some things that developers can do. What are some other things that um, they're having to deal with? A person that's de developing an IoT application on a device what are some other things that they need to be thinking about so one of the other things is like a lot of uh, iot device developers come from the electronics hobbyist background if you talk of like uh, let's say the embedded device area mm -hmm. and what they typically do is they develop the prototype on maybe one of the development boards or one of the low-end boards and then port the entire solution to the commercial devices get the prototype ready uh, and then have the actual device. So a lot of security issues which were there in the original dev board, they might think that uh, the new board which they are using is actually protecting everything for them. Okay. So, so yeah, it's, it's also a mentality thing because it, when you are like a hobbyist or doing it in like your free time, you just focus on the functionality that you have to implement and if it works, it's all good for you. Yeah. So Okay. What's, so, the, what's the impact of the startup world it seems like iot sure some big players are have large solutions in the iot space but from my perspective it seems like a lot of these companies are startups yeah. and what have you seen from your your experience as far as how the startup side of this is either approaching security or not approaching security so yeah so a lot of startups like i think almost all the startups that i have worked with so they are not approaching security that well that they should be doing because most of them are VC funded and they have gotten the money to actually put the product out in market. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize that security plays a major role in that particular process. And they have to get the return of investment for their investors. Mm -hmm. And that's what they all focus on, like as soon as they can get the product out to the market. And that is also one of the issues, like as they grow, it kind of sticks with them. And even the next product releases will be like, will be having a strict, like tight deadline and that will end up creating a lot of issues with them. And so also with IoT, I know several times I've seen this where you know, once it's out there and if they haven't thought through security initially, uh, it's deployed into a device. It's harder to update, right? Yeah. So that's, a, that's yeah. an issue as well. Yeah, that's another issue. Like uh, for, yeah, for IoT devices, if you talk of like any, any sort of IoT devices, smartphones or uh, thermostats, all of that, it's so tough to actually upgrade the firmware for a non-technical user. Mm -hmm. So that also creates a lot of new security issues because if you have like existing threats out in the wild for a particular version and the users don't actually know how to upgrade the firmware, then they are at risk. 
Right. So yeah, so that is also one of the things that comes in the design process, like how much flexibility do we have to give to the users in order to have them control the maybe the firmware upgrades or change the default threads on the device or those sort of things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when you say this is an awareness problem, mm-hmm. do, do you mean that the IoT developers just they don't have any awareness of security in general? Is that what's been your experience as you're talking to these different teams? So most of the teams I have talked to said they they don't have any uh, good security knowledge of the products that they are working on. So uh, let's say even if you talk of yeah web and mobile is like pretty mature they have a lot of resources but if you talk of embed and radio they don't have a lot of resources to look up to and what they think is that the protocol or the technology they are using is actually doing all the work for them which is not the case in pretty much everything. Uh, yeah, so it's at the end, it's all about awareness because if they actually know how to secure these issues or what kind of issues actually exist in these platforms, then they can look for those solutions. But they don't; they are not just aware of the questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the uh, what's the craziest thing you've experienced here in testing IoT? And I understand you might have to protect the innocent yeah. by not yeah. saying who, who they are or yeah. anything, and that's yeah. cool too. But well, you know, what what is your craziest craziest so, story? So it was one of the infrastructure pen tests that we were doing, and it involved like pretty much all the devices in the network, printers, uh, the automation devices, all of that. And we ended up end up getting into their Wi-Fi by hacking a coffee machine. So the coffee machine <laughs> was leaking the Wi-Fi credentials over Bluetooth. And if you just go near the coffee machine, snip the traffic using Ubertooth 1 or something, so you would be able to get the Wi-Fi credentials, connect to the network, and then... So, so the <laughs> yeah. coffee machine that could automatically uh, fix them a cup of coffee in the morning was able to also allow you to get into yes. the network and do it. I would not want to be the chief information security officer that's standing before the board and says, yeah, we did a penetration test and we got hacked, you know, as we were supposed to or as they were testing, trying to do... Buy our coffee machine. <laughs> you go. You're just gone. You know. You're done. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, so that's 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 an interesting kind of use case. And you know, from my perspective in, in IoT, there were, we're putting IP network stacks on so many things mm-hmm. that like, why do we really need a coffee machine that's Wi-Fi enabled? Like, do we yeah. need that, or like, yeah. you know, what's the mo- what, what is our motivation here? <laughs> So we don't actually need those devices as such, but it just makes our life simpler yeah. if you look at the usability perspective, but it also introduces a lot of security issues. So that's the thing. Right. Wow. Yeah. So, so do you have certain types of products that you primarily test? Are you testing in kind of the consumer space or, you know, are you transitioning? Are you doing things in the automobile space from IoT or what's the kind of uh, range of... Uh, industries that you're working with. Yeah. So most of the devices that we have tests are catered to are like the consumer oriented devices like smartphone devices, wearables, a bit of medical devices. We have done a couple of automotive and infotainment system pen tests. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the consumer industry is way more insecure compared to like the automotive or yeah, automotive industry. So based on the results of all those pen tests, if you could only do one thing If you could say, you know what, I can just wave my hand and Uh this one thing will be eradicated from the IoT, the whole world of IoT as far as a security problem, what would be the one thing that you would say? So so the one thing that would actually reduce a lot of security issues would be hardware protections. 
Okay, so t- what do you mean by hardware protection? So by hardware protection, you mean like if an attacker actually opens up the device, he's not able to access the serial interfaces, he's not able to dump the firmware, and so okay. on. So yeah, I remember. So, yeah, yeah. So a lot of devices, like even extremely critical devices, as soon as you open them up, you look at the chips, and just by looking at the chip numbers, you can connect to them and dump the firmware. So what are, what are what's the solution to that? Like, how does an IoT mm-hmm. hardware provider mitigate that challenge? So there could be like a number of solutions. One could be one of the solutions that I have seen is just by uh, kind of scratching off the surface so that no one can actually read the chip number. That would make it like super difficult to get the pinouts and then connect to that. And the other solution is to have like all sort of hardware epoxy and all of that on top of it so that no one can actually connect to it. And they thought, yeah. So if we think about like, like a modern manufacturer, I don't, I don't care who it is, but mm-hmm. um, a modern manufacturer that makes television sets, for yeah. example, do they go to that level of, of like doing epoxy and things like that? No, to they disguise? don't. No, because right. no. nobody's attacking the hardware. Yeah. But even though, I mean, our TVs are connected, like, I mean, yeah. you can buy yeah. it. I don't have a Wi-Fi connected TV, but you can buy one that yeah. has Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, Voice activated and all those right. things. So, so why does IoT need these hardware protections, mm-hmm. whereas the rest of the industry hasn't really adopted them for other consumer products? Right. So with IoT, the hardware protection is, uh, so the hardware in IoT is typically a way for you to get access to the other components. It provides you a lot of intelligence for all the other components. So how does a device interact with other devices? And all these secrets you can actually get from the firmware or how two different chips are interacting with each other. So if you could just tap into or sniff those particular signals, you get to see what kind of data is transferred between maybe like two different chips. Mm -hmm. So an attacker won't actually go ahead and attack the physical device in like every home, like using the physical techniques. But if he has one of those devices, he can use the physical techniques to actually get a lot of more information to perform like radio-based attacks or even web-based attacks and all of that. So you buy one. IoT devices are so cheap that anybody who wants to attack them, you can yeah. buy one for 50 bucks, $100, whatever, and then tear it apart. Yep. You craft your attack based on what you learn, and then you can exactly. then put an attack out that, that goes after everybody. Exactly. Um, like the can't. Like I mean, you know, did did you have any? Have you kind of looked closely at the um, the camera, the Chinese manufacturer, the camera? Yeah. That I um, mean, that's an IoT device yeah. in the end. I mean, what are your thoughts on? on kind of that type of a situation. What do you see as the challenges that happen there? So cameras and baby monitors, a lot of those devices actually come from China. And you'd see them with all the different products in the US market and they would be having like the same security issues. So maybe a particular version of custom HTTP server, which has like this exact same issues in all the different products. So yeah. Okay, so that's so that's something else you have to be thinking about is not only the quality of the software itself, but uh, where are the components coming from? Exactly. You may have untrusted components that yeah. get, uh, for, to save money, be spread across a number of different products. Right, so you have to look at the entire supply chain rather than uh, the end device that you have with you. Right, so, so different, different points in the yeah. supply chain could, could add something right. in. That could and yeah, even with the latest uh, hacks that we have seen, not only concerning with IoT, we have seen a lot of hacks around like uh, there is a particular component developed by another company and that has led to the compromise of the entire solution. Now, do you have any IoT devices on your home network? 
Yes, I have, but it's like on a separate network. <laughs> it's segmented yeah. to, uh, yeah. to protect the yeah. normal function of yeah. the home network. I used, to use, I used to have like a Philips Hue, oh, but then there were like so many security issues. Mm. So. Well, that's a good that's a good point. Putting it on a separate network, yeah. keep all those things separate from your yeah. main network. That's a very good idea. Yeah, I mean, you think about the average consumer, though. You know, we, know. we can do yeah. that. That we makes sense that. to us because we live and breathe, and we just love security. But you know, the you know, my mom's not going to have a segmented network of <laughs> devices. So, I mean, that, I think that's the call to action. And I think that's what you're trying to point yeah. out here to yeah. the industry is that the average consumer is not going to be able to do the things that we can do to secure these devices. The devices have to secure themselves. They have to be as strong as they possibly can be and uh, protect the data of the people who are buying the stuff. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, just as we kind of wrap up, um, are there some good resources that for, for developers, architects, others that want to know more about IoT security and, and, and want to you know, do this right? So mm -hmm. some good resources? So, yeah, so there are a couple of resources if uh, anyone is interested in IoT security. Uh, so most of them are blogs. So one is a blog run by Craig Hefner, okay. which is called devtdys0.com. Uh, the other is one that I put together, iotpentestingguide.com. And I also recently wrote a book on IoT hacking, uh, which is called IoT Hackers Handbook. Okay. And then you also have the OAS projects on embedded device security and the firmware security and all of that. So, yeah, that's also like there are so less resources in IoT as of now. So you have to make sure that whatever the resources, you have like all the information to you. And whatever you are interested in, dig deep into it by yourself because the IoT security industry is not yet that mature. Yeah, I was wondering, yeah. are, there, are there, there are probably no, not very many standards at the moment in yes. terms of trying to make yeah. sure that, okay, this is what is called a secure exactly. IoT implementation. Yeah. Not really there yeah. yet. So you have to uh, figure out a solution that works best for you based on all the resources that you find. Is yeah. there, isn't there an IoT top 10? Yes, there is, yeah, there is, is an it, IoT top 10 as it, well. Updated and is that a good ref a good reference or resource for people or it seems like when I looked at it it was like 2013 14 like it's it yeah. might be a little bit dated because IoT is moving even faster than the rest of the technology world right so I mean what what's your what are your thoughts on that do you use the IoT top ten or recommend it to clients or yeah so the IoT top ten is uh, yeah also something I recommend to the clients so the new version is still in the draft mode so yeah it is a good starting point maybe to figure out like what are the different categories of security issues but as of now it doesn't dig deep into like what are the specific security issues and let's say privacy based issues or firmware based issues so it gives you like good starting points but uh, leaves you over there as of today like so you need to just make sure that if you're looking for firmware security which you may get familiar with from the OAS top 10 then you have to look for all the possible resources online on what are the different, what are the best ways to do firmware security. But yeah, it's a it's a good start. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, Dita, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate the opportunity to speak with you, and we've learned a lot here about IoT security and some things we need to be watching for, and, and our listeners if they're uh, moving along this path. But uh, again, thank you. Appreciate yeah. It. Thanks, Dr. Robert and Chris. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Application Security Podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please do us a favor and visit the iTunes store and give us a five-star rating. Our intro music is 8-Bit Kung Fu by Bourne and TJ, and the outro is Southern Delight by Stefan Kartenberg. You can find us on Twitter at AppSecPodcast or on the web at www.appsecpodcast.org.